The city of Brampton has accelerated their footprint on the food processing industry and is known as the meat processing capital of Canada. Processors from all areas of the GTA are utilizing the resources, knowledge, and support the city of Brampton provides in order to accelerate their operational growth. Interested in how the city of Brampton can support your vision? Look no further than with today's episode. So we have always had a focus on advanced manufacturing in the city. It's a very diverse city in manufacturing and food processing has always been a big part of that. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm Joe. And you're listening to the Farm to Fork podcast brought to you by Carlisle Technology. Today's topic is on how Brampton, Ontario has become the meat processing capital of Canada. Our guest today is Martin Bull from the city of Brampton. Martin brings a vast background of experience in economic sector and business development within the food industry. Martin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with the city of Brampton? Good morning, Andy. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I've been at Brampton Economic Development for six years. I was hired actually to work in the life sciences sector to uh, promote and attract new investment in that sector, having come from the province of Ontario. I've done economic development for at least 15 years. I have a background in agriculture. So during COVID, I was asked to work on the food processing industry to work with companies to understand their issues. And so I have now pivoted to doing more what we call business retention and attraction. And so my role is really meeting with companies, understanding their issues in uh, three key sectors, life sciences, food processing, and med technology. Well, that's perfect. It sounds like you're the perfect guy for us to talk to as far as the agricultural and food industry stuff goes. Thanks, Martin, for the introduction. Happy to have you on the podcast with us today. Martin, can you give us the 30,000-foot view of the history of the city of Brampton and their efforts towards the food processing industry? So we have always had a focus on advanced manufacturing in the city. It's a very diverse city and manufacturing and food processing has always been a big part of that. I want to read you a quote from Business Facilities Magazine 2021, where we received an award for the top food processing city in the world, according to Business Facilities Magazine 2021. So this is the quote that really drives our efforts in food processing. For the second year in a row, A city of the future, Brampton, reigns as the best city for the world for food processing. This consistent ranking comes as no surprise. So in Ontario, food and beverage is a huge industry. It's the largest in the country with a rich ag base and a strong workforce of over 95,000 people. So that's in Ontario. In Brampton, we have about 37% of Canada's food processing industry. It's $1.3 billion contribution annually to Canada's gross domestic product. And there are over 8,000 workers employed in companies such as Coke bottling, Loblaws, et cetera. And we can get into some of those details later on. The really neat thing that we offer in terms of food processing at a 30,000 foot level is that not only are we leaders in some key sectors like meat processing, but we also have the supply chain behind it. So we have food testing, We have packaging facilities, we have transportation logistics and packaging design companies, refrigeration, and we have access to colleges and universities. So our role in the city has really been to support that industry with having industrial land available. And as I talked to companies over the last few years, they really grew from other parts of Ontario. 
So they came here because they needed to be here. And they needed to be here to access their markets, be that the GTA, be that Ontario, Canada, or the global marketplace. And the other key part is we had industrial land available. We still do have industrial land available. And then the third key point is the workforce was available and ready. So we're very proud of this second year ranking as one of the top food processing cities in the world. Um, and again, Business Facilities Magazine 2021. I think that's an amazing endorsement. I mean, you know, I've worked at Carlisle Technology for about 10 years now. And, you know, we've serviced a lot of customers in the Brampton area, but I had no idea that, you know, just right next door to us was such a powerhouse when it comes to the food processing industry. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and just to add to that, we have spent a lot of time in economic development uh, doing a lot more in marketing. So really appreciate the opportunity to do this podcast. We have uh, certainly strengthened our social media channels. Every time we're out on a company visit, if the company allows, not only do we do a little write-up on social media, but we also are very proud of that diversity of the city, the diversity of the sectors. And really, when we do our pitch to international investors, first of all, a lot of people don't know about Brampton. We're kind of overshadowed by our friends uh, in Toronto, et cetera. But when you start talking to people about the diversity, the growth of the city, the opportunity to link to markets, the availability of land, a lot of that is very compelling. And so, yes, we broadened into other sectors like cybersecurity. Mayor Brown likes to talk about the jobs of the future. So we always talk to companies about, you know, what are you doing around innovation? How can we help you connect to colleges and universities? We have shared in college here in Brampton that does a lot of work in robotics, for example. Uh, training and development in engineering and other skilled trades. And so that's my role in the city is to understand what companies need and to bring those resources to these companies. Well, I'd say, you know, in your marketing effort, especially on the social media side, it was noticed by us because that's how we found out about you personally. You know, we've seen a lot of your posts on LinkedIn about the city of Brampton and, you know, some of the food processors you've been out meeting. And so, you know, from our perspective, it's working because that's what got awareness uh, from us on, you know, what you guys are doing there. So that's great. Thanks, Martin, for the overall overview of the 30,000 foot view of the industry. But more specifically, what were the primary drivers in expanding the city of Brampton's investment into the food industry? So economic development is all about creating jobs for citizens. Again, when I talk to companies, many of them, of course, uh, employ people from the greater Toronto area. But there are also a lot of companies that rely on local labor. So we have worked very closely with several companies in Brampton, for example, to work with Brampton Transit access to their workforce. So working with Brampton Transit, making sure that people can get to work, especially shift work. So that's really important to us. The other part is I have spent the last two years working with Food and Beverage Ontario and the Ontario Chamber of Commerce on a study on workforce development issues and opportunities in Brampton. And so transit is one of the key areas that companies look at. So from a city's perspective, how can we provide that infrastructure? The second point that companies talk about is childcare. And so we're working with Peel Region on providing a whole set of parameters around childcare. And then the other opportunity is working with recruitment agencies. So one of our key partners is Employment Ontario Peel. And uh, this is a Government of Ontario initiative to help companies find workers. So a shout out to the province of Ontario in terms of their workforce and investment. 
Uh, we were able to do this study th- with their grant and Food and Beverage Ontario and their Careers Now program, which your listeners may be aware of. We take this information to companies and make sure they're connected to all of these resources. And so, again, the, the talent pool is here. I have an interesting and a very important quote from one of our companies. And I, I think this is the highlight of the whole podcast, I would say. This company told us, quote, where we are located is where we need to be for our customers. So this is a meat company, and we can talk about the meat industry specifically, but you're bringing a lot of raw materials into the city with good transportation access to the agricultural communities. You have innovation and processing at the plants. We have supported these plants with site um, approvals, et cetera. And we are able then to say, you can also access the market through our logistics sector, accessing all the highways. In the 1970s, the city of Brampton used to have a logo and it said, all roads lead to Brampton. So if you think about the 400 series highways, the connectors that come through Peel region that go to all of the U.S. export markets, a lot of them, actually majority, start in Peel region and they go into the U.S. marketplace. So this one company, I I think, captures it all. If you're a meat company, especially bringing products to this part of the world, process and then to ship to markets, again, a lot of it is into the GTA or GTA in Hamilton for further distribution. You know, logical flow for raw materials from rural to urban locations for further processing. And I'm just going to mention again, the growing population of Brampton, driven by new Canadians who are ready, willing, and able to work. And we support the immigrant population by connecting them to all of the local community groups to make sure that they have access to the work. And then for training and development, we would connect them to careers now and other colleges and universities either in Brampton or in Peel region or, or beyond. So I, I think this is a component that we are really successful as a city in terms of making sure that we remove the red, you know, council really wants to remove red tape for planning. And they're really adamant that our planners, and we work together with our planners to make sure that we remove any irritants so that these plants continue to build. So I would say, generally speaking, in the food industry, in the last you know, even after COVID, everyone in one sense or another is growing and expanding. The only thing that's holding many, many of these companies up in terms of growth is they can't find enough people, can't find talent, even though they're looking at investing in innovation. So that's basically a summary of, you know, on the ground economic development in food processing and food and beverage processing, I would say, in Brampton. Have you had, I mean, it sounds like you guys are kind of a shining light, you know, within the cities. Have you had other cities or regions reach out to you and kind of pick your brain about your success and kind of the things that you've done to drive businesses to your city? You know, have you kind of created a model for them to follow as well, too? So economic development is both competitive and collaborative. And I would say in the greater Toronto area, we haven't had anybody reach out directly to us especially not in food and beverage processing. I mean, I have connections into my colleagues in Mississauga and Hamilton and other places. I would say the effort is done more at professional groups such as Economic Developers Councils of Ontario, EDCO. That's where we would connect and network with colleagues and share with them. 
But again, all of this work that we've done through Careers Now, the study that we did with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, that's all available. If you know, if there's anybody on the podcast that wants to follow up and willing to share, willing to connect with them. I do also want to mention that we've just finished another study, which is going to come out shortly. It's done by the Trillium Network for Advanced Manufacturing. And they're based in London. They do a lot of work in advanced manufacturing, especially now with electric vehicles. But they worked with us on some data collection, updating our stats on the food and beverage industry. They've interviewed several companies, and we hope to have that study out in the next month or so. And again, willing to share, willing to talk to anyone, anybody that calls me, I will get back to them and, and share anything that we're doing. In economic development, what I've learned in these years is you have to look at what you have in your own backyard, right? So the message to economic developers is consider what you have. What are your strengths, opportunities, weaknesses, and threats? Do your SWOT analysis first. And there's a lot of things we don't have in Brampton. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's a shining light. It's just you have to continue to work on it. You have to know your clients. And that's why I spend a lot of time, and not only I, but also my colleagues in the other sectors. We do a lot of business retention and expansion. This year, we are going to be doing a a little bit more focused work on foreign direct investments, so FDI. We are going out to trade shows. We are going to continue to market Brampton for not only food and beverage processing, but also advanced manufacturing for EVs. We are building an innovation district. We're working with Toronto Metropolitan University on startups. So we do have some food tech startups, very early stage, that are being supported by TMU. And we have a huge program with Rogers on cybersecurity, which, of course, has linkages to the food industry as well. So, yeah, we're very data-driven in a sense that we always need to update our marketing material. So you'll see some stuff coming out in our annual report from the city of Brampton on economic development probably next week. We are going to be publishing in Perspectives magazine uh, that talks about the sectors in Ontario. So, yeah, we're trying to get the message out many, many ways, including some updates on our statistics. I think that's kind of a good transition into, you know, what are the key sectors or industries within the city of Brampton and kind of how do you see them working together in like a synergy type of role? So a lot of meat companies, and and that's why you guys called me initially, and that's great. And I mean, I can, our latest data shows um, probably more than uh, maybe 40%. And I can name some of them that you know, Cardinal Meats, Cargill, certainly Maple Leaf, Maple Lodge, Export Packers Seafood, Feature Foods International. The second biggest area would be, I would say, bakery. That includes three plants for Give and Go prepared foods. Give and Go just expanded their refrigeration facility here. We have a small brewery called Hop City Brewery and a very uh, strong Canadian company in the pasta business. Maybe people will know Ital Pasta. We have a um, also uh, processing um, milk. So we have a lactulose plant. We have uh, smaller dairies like Mediterranean dairy. And then we have what I would call ingredients. So used to be called Hubert's is now Bank Brothers Sustainable Ingredients. So this is getting into the the value chain further down the road. We actually last year had a new investment, which was Toppets Foods, so seafood. We have two plants from Olimel. 
and old York potato chips. So it's a very diverse sector, very heavy on the meat, you're right. But the linkage then to transportation is important because we have so many trucking companies. We have the ability to connect with refrigeration companies like Confederation Freezers, which are in Brampton and are at capacity. And I know that's a big issue in the industry. And then we have packaging companies. And, and, and this actually is a really important component because as I started to dig into the sector in the last few years, you know, I'm starting to visit some of these packaging companies and we have about 30 of them. You know, it's an important component of food and advanced manufacturing and other sectors. But we have Alpha Poly Packaging. We have Manasha Packaging, U.S.-based company. We have Packall Packaging, which is a solely Canadian family-owned company. Peel Plastics. I mean, just I can just go down the list. So this is an important component of the supply chain. And the other component I just want to mention briefly is we have what's known as the services to the food industry. So this is advanced manufacturing, Branton engineering for machinery and equipment, drader manufacturing, and a really neat little company out of Germany called Multivac. Maybe familiar with that company. And Multivac is a really interesting story because I wasn't here when they came, obviously. It was like 10 or 12 years ago. And they started as a German sales office. And they're now to the point where I did meet them at, at the meet. Ontario show in Niagara Falls in the fall. And I was quite surprised at the size of the show that they took up. I mean, very significant player. And, you know, we're very pleased that they are in Brampton serving Ontario companies and maybe even beyond Ontario. And then we have colleges and universities. So colleges and universities, I mentioned Sheridan, but we have Algoma, which is expanding, doing a lot of work in project management and business and accounting, for example. And then, of course, we have access to other colleges in, like, for example, Toronto, Conestoga, University of Guelph, my alma mater. So it's a very exciting place to be in terms of the food industry. And just want to mention that the partnerships that we have with Food and Beverage Ontario, for example, are very important to economic development. So we can't do this work by ourselves. Very pleased that we were able to do the study with, with them. Ontario Chamber of Commerce was the consultant that wrote this study on a pilot project on how do workforce initiatives work in the food and beverage industry in Brampton. And so again, that uh, if you need that link, just let me know. I can send that to people. Oh, that's cool. It sounds like, I mean, you guys have the perfect recipe for success when it comes to Brampton. Just, you know, listening to you, hearing about, you know, how you pretty much have you know, almost end-to-end supply chain resources within Brampton. You have all the transportation logistics for getting products to the marketplace, surrounded by universities and colleges, and then all the kind of supporting services and manufacturing capabilities, cold storage, all that sort of a thing in there. It really is kind of like a big, you know, recipe for success when it comes to food manufacturing all in one city, which is really cool to see. That's a great question. I think it's all going to depend on consumer demand. And so I have seen companies, of course, and this is a Maple Leaf investment into plant-based alternatives. I think there's a growth in companies that are providing green products in any sense of the word, uh, products that are produced in a more sustainable fashion. And so, again, we bring these resources to companies that want to look at environmental sustainable production. So we partner with the Toronto Region Conservation Authority. They have a project called Project Green, where they actually go and work with companies directly and investing and understanding green opportunities. The other opportunity will be for companies to invest in machinery and equipment to become more efficient. 
So again, that could be robotics, that could just be enhanced uh, processing efficiency on, on the line. But I would say that it's healthier products in the sense of green, less carbon use, you know, innovations and in packaging will continue to be important. I see that in a lot of companies. I do want to do a shout out to Coke Bottling. They have done a lot of work in the city at their plant on new packaging technologies. So reducing the overall footprint of their plant, as well as using new equipment uh, to package their drinks. Again, a very focused plant here in Brampton on environment and also to indicate they're doing a lot of work on diversity in their plant in terms of understanding diversity, how to work on equity issues, how to work with new Canadians. So we actually a year or so ago did a seminar that was co-sponsored by Coke Bottling on diversity and inclusion. These are examples of city-led interests around, for example, diversity, inclusion, environmental sustainability in the city that we take to companies and say, how can you partner with us on these issues and give them the opportunity to either promote or be part of the city's either initiatives public or even food security. So around the holiday season, we often reach out to companies and indicate their interest in providing food products or others into our community food bank. Has the response been pretty good for that? We have had a great response from communities. And I would say even going back a few years ago during COVID, we spent a lot of time with companies helping them understand what the public health initiatives and regulations mean. Companies volunteer to do uh, vaccination clinics. Shout out to Maple Lodge Farms. Shout out to Coke Bottling. They helped the community. And again, this is, this is my work in economic development. It's more than just helping businesses grow. I always emphasize a business is located in a community and how can we work together to help the citizens? So absolutely the jobs, the tax revenue, you know, removing red tape, absolutely. But then when it comes around to issues like food security, other community issues, new Canadians wanting to learn English or other things, how can companies participate in that? And so that's what we encourage with our connections to, for example, the various community groups with new Canadians. It's really neat that they're willing to partner with you on all that stuff as well, too, that it's not just about their bottom line, but they want to be a part of it. Yes, they are. It's not only in the food industry. I do want to have a conversation also that includes all the sectors in Brampton. I mean, we have a lot of communication companies, manufacturing. I think the latest database in the city of Brampton is about 8,000 companies. So when I talk about the food industry and the supply chain, there's maybe 300. And I'm actually only touching maybe 10%. There's no way I can get around to. And, and I would say many of the startup companies work with our entrepreneurship center, our small business center, uh, for support as well. So I do want to mention that while I and my colleagues work primarily with the corporations, with large established, small established companies, we also have a group in the city that works with startups coming out of Toronto Metropolitan University's incubator, Brampton Venture Zone, that will then get entrepreneurial support through various small business grants. So it's like the full, we call it a concierge service for businesses. And this isn't really new to any city. A lot of cities have, have similar services. Absolutely. And just kind of piggybacking off of that. So you, you know, you mentioned the, the breadth and depth of the industries that the city of Brampton is involved in, but you know, what industries do you see growing the most over the next five years for the city? I think a lot of it, especially in the last year, as you noted, 
is just making people, generally speaking, aware that we have one of the largest food clusters in Canada. And the data that Trillium Network is doing for us will bear that out again. You know, I, I mentioned the numbers at the beginning of this podcast. So my role is really to make sure that uh, companies are happy here, that they're supported, that they are you know, aware that we can help them get rid of red tape. And I have specific examples where I've worked with companies in getting the right players to work on the site plan application to continue to move it forward. So either through the city's planning, you know, expediting that process, or working with the conservation authorities. There was one case specifically where I brought the right people to the table to move that application through. The other component is making companies aware of grants and incentives, you know, and, and just taking the latest information to companies and saying, you know, are you aware of that you can get um, a grant for machinery equipment, for example, and how can we help you with that? And, and is there any, any support or any data you need for your application? So I've helped companies in that regard. And then I think the other component is just, just making people aware of the talent recruitment that we offer as a city. And it's not only the city, it's also partners. So I mentioned Employment Ontario Peel. I also want to have a shout out, make a shout out to Peel Halton Workforce Development Group. So Peel Halton Workforce Development Group does a lot of workforce development research and analysis and recruitment for Peel companies, and Peel and Halton, I should say. And so again, we've partnered with them specifically on a project that they received a grant from the province of Ontario to bring companies, in this case, it was logistics companies, to help them understand the latest recruitment opportunities. So how to approach recruitment in maybe a different way. And so it was one-on-one training that was provided to companies. And so I would say in my client calls recently, the number one issue has been talent. So we are working with the Bratton Board of Trade, for example, to I think the, uh, the timeline will be in June, is to hold a half-day event with companies in Brampton and with our stakeholders to talk about what are, what are the opportunities and the new ways to think about talent. So think about talent in terms of new Canadians. Think about the uh, disability uh, community. There are companies that are actually focused through careers now on that aspect of uh, careering. And then it's just how do you keep people engaged in a food company. It's not always the greatest environment to start off, but there's many companies that are looking at how do I retain people? So we provide knowledge and contacts and what are the best techniques to retain people. So it's really how do how do we drive companies to think about uh, diversifying their talent pool? And then it's just connecting companies that, you know, are not aware for example of packaging companies that they haven't connected with already in Brampton most companies have. And finally, I would just mention that we have a fairly new council here in Brampton City Council. Economic development is one of their key priorities. So I am just in the process right now of setting up tours of companies, not only in food and beverage, but also med tech and logistics companies to introduce council members and Mayor Brown to continued issues and opportunities in companies. Because there's always an issue. There's always an issue around For example, growing city, there's always issues and challenges in transit. That's an ongoing issue. Our staff in Brampton Transit are very responsive to their need, to companies' needs. So companies have to understand that. We can facilitate that conversation. There's always issues around planning. This is a growing city. We have significant uh, planning projects, site plan applications. We're looking at uh, redesigning big sections of the city. 
companies need to be engaged in that. So we encourage companies to think about when we have these public sessions on planning for a neighborhood, how can you be involved in that conversation, right? There's a huge lack of uh, office space in the city. That's a big challenge for us. We do still have some industrial land, but it's very quickly built and it goes to one of my other key sectors, which is called distribution and logistics. The land does not stay vacant in Brampton. So it's a hot real estate market. We're getting clients from all over Ontario and Canada looking at these properties. When we get the council to meet a company, they hear all this for themselves. It's not just the bureaucrat telling them. So it's, it's really important for us to have these uh, planned tours with the council to make sure they hear the issues firsthand. And then, you know, we can look at a bureaucracy. How are we working most effectively, efficiency with, with the things that we control? I just also want to mention that the city council last year introduced a new program, which is a tax incentives on your local taxes for investment. So if you invest in a new property in Brampton, a new building, you will get tax incentives from not only the city, but also from Peel region. So this is in place to continue to attract investment in buildings and manufacturing and office. That's what we need most in Brampton. And so council last few years has been working on that and that has now been introduced. So there are things that we can do as a city. Again, it's transit, it's infrastructure. We have huge infrastructure projects to connect the city of Brampton regionally with Vaughan and with Mississauga, for example. This is all, and we have Ross working a lot with uh, Metrolinx, so on go service along the Kitchener line. Yeah, I think this is actually a, a perfect segue to get into our next topic around your specific role, Martin. So could you explain a little bit more in depth how your current role with the city of Brampton has had an impact the food and beverage industry? So I think the meat industry in general has a challenge around the environment that you work in in that plant. And I think we just have to be honest, and this is even something that Food Beverage Ontario is working on in the meat industry. We have to be upfront when we're recruiting for people in the meat industry. And so I've seen the ads from Maple Lodge and other companies that do talk about the environment that you work in, in the meat plant. It can be cold, but the point being that we can start people at that level and have a career plan forward. I think it's really important for companies to think about what is your career planning for that employee that starts, let's say, in the refrigeration unit or in the colder parts of the plant. And so my other perspective is very much around there's still a lot of manual labor in many of these plants. And even though companies are investing, and I, I, do, I do acknowledge that, I think we are at the point right now where Companies are going to have to look a lot more carefully at their return on investment, as well as the type of machinery that they want to include in their plants. Canadian Food Innovation Network has a lot of work in this area for food industry around robots, right? So have we really explored robots? And I just want to mention to companies that we have a distribution pilot plant at Sheridan here in Brampton, Davis campus, that can help companies understand and work with robots on their food packaging line, for example. So my perspective is very much around how can we integrate the new workforce and upskill them into running more automated machinery and equipment? Because I think that's the way the food industry is going from all the webinars and industry readings that I'm hearing and attending. We need to put more focus on automation. And there are grants out there that we can help them with. We can connect them to, again, Sheridan College and others. We were just at a tour at University of Toronto in Mississauga. They just have a brand new robotics lab, brand new, like literally two weeks old. 
And again, how do we get companies integrated into this? We just need to go out and talk to them and find out what are their pain points and ask the question, have you really invested and looked at your productivity in your plant? And there's companies that are doing that already internally in terms of product development, innovation, refrigeration, food safety, et cetera. There's all those components. But my perspective, when you ask the question, it's really about there's still a lot of people working on the floors and we need to really start looking at that. And again, all we can do is bring the resources to these companies and say there's a lot of research being done at colleges and universities. We need to find a way because there's 25,000 jobs, as you may have heard, that are vacant in the food processing industry in Ontario. And so that's most of my work is being done on how do we fill this gap on a short term basis for sure. But how do we get companies, and this might be, you know, a seminar that we do, or we do a pilot project with a company, and then we would do hopefully some kind of learning out of that and and put that on our social media or just continue to market that. I think we're not going to have enough people going into the food industry to meet the demand for the new products that most of my clients in Brampton, for, for example, are telling me that they could meet more market demand if they had more people, they had more automation. Right. So it's kind of like these companies are really, really busy. Most of them are expanding in one way or another in Brampton, which is great. But we need to look at even though we have the population base in Brampton, we need to find a way to retain the people and we need to find a way to upskill them. And this is very much the work that Food and Beverage Ontario is doing through their Careers Now program. Yeah, I think that's huge. That'll be a big thing. Can you tell us specifically, uh, you know, a little bit about your experience within, you know, working within meat manufacturing in particular? So, you know, the meat industry can be unique in a lot of different ways. Uh, and I know you've mentioned a couple of, you know, plants that have operations running in Brampton. So, you know, what has your experience been like working with them? Uh, you know, what is your, your perspective when you're on the plant floor and, and how has that been for you? I have heard that exact comment from companies. However, I think Many of these opportunities start with pilot projects. So demonstrating, let's say if it's a meat company, working with Sheridan's robotics unit, showing people how it can be done and how we can work together with humans and robots. I think that's the way forward. I think it will also start addressing the skills gap in the food processing industry in getting young people and kids interested in food processing. It's an issue I hear a lot. I just can't get my kid interested in food processing, for example. You know, quite frankly, starting jobs are maybe not that attractive. But if you start thinking about even artificial reality, we were at an event yesterday with Sheridan, and I was just thinking because they were showing us some health applications of artificial reality and putting the goggles on and seeing the human body and the skeleton for training purposes. Well, what if we did that in the food industry on a processing line? And I know that it's not a car. You're not assembling a car. You're, in many cases, it's different forms of meats that have to be cut. But I think we have to stretch the imagination a little bit with artificial intelligence, with machine learning. The Food Institute in the U.S. does a lot of work in this regard. So I really want to emphasize people to look at their webcasts. If you haven't already, it's another great resource. And again, I'm just putting the plug in here for our colleges and universities. If you really start talking to people at colleges and universities, how ready they are to work with industry, just kind of keep emphasizing that point. They are ready and willing because they need to attract the kids to go into some of these areas of, let's say, robotics, where they get a lot of investment from the government for this equipment. They need students. They need learners. 
And again, my, my main point in this podcast is find a way to become more innovative in your company using your people, using technology, and just talking to people on the ground, including the city, because we have a lot of contacts and we share that with everyone and just continue to grow the sector because I think it is a key sector. People don't often realize it's the second biggest manufacturing sector in Canada. And we have a lot to offer, a lot to offer in sustainability, food security, you know, use of agricultural products, the whole value chain, providing indirect jobs in, as I mentioned, even in Brampton, in all of the packaging companies. I know it doesn't all go into the food industry, services, and then the retail side. I forgot to mention that Brampton actually has the headquarters for Loblaw as well in our city. So we're very proud of that. I think the key thing around automation is just take another look at it. Talk to some people in the industry, get involved in some webinars or some trade shows where you see this stuff on the ground and see how you can bring it into your plant. That's something that we've kind of a topic that's been near and dear to our heart as a podcast. You know, we've talked with Meat and Poultry Ontario specifically, some of the work that they've been doing through careers now and, you know, trying to help meat processors when it comes to labor shortage issues and things like that. You know, we've talked a lot with automation companies and AI companies, you know, about their ability to handle automation on the floor and how they can, you know, automate a lot of those manual labor tasks that happen down there and kind of streamline those processes. And then I think to your point, you know, a lot of people see automation and AI is a bit of a red flag or maybe a little bit scary, but I think your point is really well taken about, you know, taking typical employees that would work on a plant floor doing manual labor tasks and upskilling them into roles that look different, but still provide a lot of value to the company. So it's not necessarily replacing employees, it's just upskilling them and moving them to different roles within the company, and then using that automation and AI technology that's available to do more of the repetitive tasks that happen day to day on the floor, you know? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more on that fact. So I think it's been a very interesting and, and, you know, thought provoking discussion, you know, just going over again, the history of Brampton's food industry. So that 30,000 view, the different verticals and industries within the city of Brampton, what your role specifically, Martin, has been in basically affecting change, not only from the economic, but also sector and business development perspective, basically what the, the driving focalization point is for the city in order to actually expand out the food processing industry. So on that, what sort of call to action do do you have for our audience today? And, you know, how can they get plugged in with the city of Brampton? Well, it's very simple. They can just contact me directly, martin.bowl at brampton.ca. I will respond to all of your emails. Follow me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter. Follow also Brampton Economic Development because we talk about all of our sectors in Brampton. So you can always connect with us on, let's say, cybersecurity on our Brampton Venture Zone, if you're interested in getting involved in startups, we're always looking for mentors. We're always looking for, as we get into trade shows, speakers. So if you want to be involved in any of our events, if you want to receive any of our material, our website is available as well. But I would say the easiest way to get in touch with me is to send me an email. I will respond. And I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about our sectors and the exciting work that we're doing in Brampton. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Martin. We've really enjoyed kind of learning about the city and, you know, everything that you guys have to offer. Yeah, very much appreciate your time, Martin. Thanks again. Thanks, Andy and Joe. Take care. Have a great day.